hours later, that decision might not have been so good. Maybe it was a decision that you made Thursday afternoon. Somebody in the household said, hey, I think it would be a great idea if we went to Walmart at 6 o'clock. I mean, it was Black Friday before Friday even got there, and it was crazy. I made a decision a long time ago, a long time ago, never, ever to go there on that day. I also made a decision a long time ago. There was, there was a couple of decisions that I've made since I've moved to Hernando, and one of them is this, that I will not, if it's after 9 o'clock in the morning, I will not turn into the South Haven um, Shopping Center. The place behind Chick-fil-A. I will not turn in there if it's after 9 o'clock, any day of the week, after Thanksgiving until January the 4th or 5th. You're looking for me? It will not be there because I will say things that I don't need to say. I will have actions that I don't need to have, and I will lose, I'll try to lose a relationship, um, and it's just not necessary. This morning, I want us to uh, talk about decisions, and uh, you know, last week we started a series, uh, Gifts for Christmas, and we talked about Mary and a mom's gift, and today we've got a uh, gift for dad, or a dad's gift this Christmas, and I, I told you a story of, of a Christmas at our house um, let me tell you a, another story of Christmas from my childhood. Christmas that year was uh, on Sunday. I was 14, maybe 15. And so uh, it was my 14th or 15th Christmas. And I wanted two things. Here's how it goes in our house, or here's how it went in our house up to that point. You write down one or two big items that you wanted, you probably were going to get one of them. It had happened the year before, I wanted a stereo system, and every time I turned up the stereo, the radio, I could rattle any window in the house. And so there was just one problem with my stereo system, it did not have a CD player. I know I'm dating myself rather well. But CDs had just come out, and the stereo system that I wanted that year did not have one. So I said, that's what I want. I want a CD player for my stereo system. And I'd been saying that for the whole year. Well, about three-quarters of the year goes by, and I decided, you know... I. Better put something else on the list, so I want a personal computer. I don't know why in the world I wanted a computer. There was no internet. There were no games. The only thing that I could do on a computer was work, schoolwork. I don't know why I wanted one, but I put that down. So I had two items for Christmas that I wanted. Stereo, CD, player, and a computer. Well, 
Sunday morning rolls around. It is Christmas. All the gifts are in this pile for me. All the gifts are in that pile for my sister, in another pile for my mom, and another pile for my dad. And we're sitting there, and as I told you last week, we're just tearing into them. And the first one that I go for is what I think the only gift that it possibly could be is a ob-shaped, it's just, it's just an odd-shaped box. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not a computer. It must be the CD player, but it sure doesn't look like wrapped up a CD player. And so I tore into it. And sure enough, it was not a CD player. It was a case. And I was like, what in the world is this? So I opened the case, and there it was. A shiny, brand spanking new, never been blown before saxophone. Yeah, that is not my response that morning. It it was not that. I was mad. I was. I was was fighting mad. I didn't say a word. I kept opening my gifts. I finished opening my gifts, and I got up, and I just went straight to my room. Sure enough, it's Sunday morning, so we have to go to church. And guess what? Every other 14, 15-year-old person got that year exactly what they wanted. And they were telling about it at church. And I was so mad. I just started crying. I just went to the bathroom. I was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't have anything for church today. I didn't get what I want. So, and I got home. And I told my mom and my dad, I said, all right, if if you want me to play the saxophone, I'll learn how to play the saxophone. But here's the deal. I knew what was about to happen. I, I was the starting point guard on the basketball team, and I knew that practice had to come about for me to learn how to play the saxophone. And so I told my mom and dad, I said, if you set something up for me to have practice for this saxophone, I will go. And I knew that if I win, I wouldn't be able to go to basketball practice. And if I didn't go to basketball practice, I wouldn't be able to start, let alone possibly play. And so I said, but I'll do it. And so uh, my dad knew a band director at a local school. And um, he said, yeah, I'll do lessons for him. And so he set those up. And the first day, I drove to those lessons. I, I was had my driver's license at 15, and I drove to those lessons, and I tried to get in that place every single door. I went all the way around the building. Every door was locked. There wasn't a car in the parking lot. I missed basketball practice for this. I did not get to play three games that week. And I said, Dad, that's strike one. I will try again if he will show up next week. He said he would show up next week. I went that next week. Same scenario. I said, forget it. And I asked my dad, I said, Daddy, where in the world did you get that I wanted a saxophone for Christmas? And he said, well, we were sitting down watching television probably sometime in September. And a commercial came up. And you said, because there was a saxophone playing on that commercial, man, that would be neat to learn how to play. And a decision was made in his head at that very moment. Didn't matter what I had written down on the list. 
a decision was made that moment. I'm going to get Brian a saxophone. That saxophone is in the top of Mary Morgan's closet right now. The only time that it gets played is when she or Nathan begs me to pull it down so they can play that saxophone. Decisions are made every single day. We made some this morning. We made some this past week, and we will continue to make those. I want us to see a decision this morning from God's Word that changed history. A decision that one gentleman made that changed all of history. If you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And I want to read for us the second half of that chapter. And we're going to see the birth of Jesus focused in on Joseph. The birth of Jesus with a focus on his earthly father, Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Would you please stand in, uh, as we honor um, God's word as I read it uh, aloud for us? Verses 18 down through the end of the chapter in verse 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God honor the reading of his word. You may have a seat. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage this morning, Father, as we see decisions made by Joseph, God, would you personalize it? Father, would you internalize it for us in such a way that, God, you would show us the decisions that we have made, good and bad. Father, you would show us the decisions that we have to make whether it be today or in the coming days. Father, would we make those decisions not in light of something that is close by, per se, but, Father, with eternity in view. 
with you in view, with, with faith in view. God, thank you for friends and family. Thank you for a time that we had this week to gather around a table or gather in living rooms and, Father, just have time to grow closer to each other, to love and care for each other, to, to catch up, to grow those relationships and those bonds May they mature. But Father, as we, as Sean stated earlier, God, even as we were busy, and Lord, I hope that we were not too busy that we failed to spend time with you this week. But Father, would you speak? Speak to your sons and your daughters this morning. Speak to me. Speak to us. And draw us so close to you that we might hear you. And Father, we might act just as Joseph heard, decided, and acted. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. First aspect of this decision is this, one decision upon another add up to make qualities in your life or qualities in a life. The reason that you are where you are right now in your life is because of a ton of decisions that you have made on a daily basis, one after another after another, and they have built up to this moment, this place of where you are and who you are. And it is no different from you than it is from me, than it is from Joseph in this passage that we find him in Matthew chapter 1. Let me show you this, because it's described of who he is in these first couple of verses. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. We're not cluing in, or we're not keying in, so to speak, on... Uh, the backstory of Jesus Christ and, and his birth, but I do find it somewhat ironic that Matthew would open this huge announcement this way. God has not spoken for some 400 plus years. There has been silence from God to his people, the Jews, for 400 years, and somewhat nonchalantly, Matthew says, now the birth of Jesus took place this way. When his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, so in their engagement period, which usually lasted about one year, sometime in that time frame, in that year, before they became officially married, or they went through that ceremony, they were betrothed, there were engagements she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And look at verse 19. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. One decision upon another add up to make the qualities of one's life. Joseph's words are not recorded in Scripture. There is not one verse, there is not one passage that Joseph speaks in Scripture. But there are a number of decisions and there are a number of passages that speak of Joseph and of his life that allow us in to see who this man was, who this man is as the earthly father of our king. He's described in two words here in verse number 19. He was a just man. And he was unwilling to put her to shame. He was a man who resolved, he contemplated, he thought on these things. And he resolved to divorce her quietly. I'm sure because of these words that he was a just man. What did it mean to be a just man? That that he was a righteous man. That he knew the law of God and he acted upon that law every single day. That he decided what he was going to do in life. He decided what he was going to say. He decided how he was going to act day upon day upon day because he knew the law and he knew the God of the law. He was a just, righteous man. Joseph, if you were to read the first 17 verses of Matthew chapter 1, you would see that Joseph is in the lineage of David. He is of royal lineage. Even though he is not on the throne in Jerusalem, he's not on the throne as the Jewish king, he is of that lineage. He is a common man. He's he's a carpenter by trade. He makes an honest living every single day. It's a hard living, but it is an honest living, and he does that every single day. And he is ready and willing to provide for his bride-to-be, Mary, and soon their family. And he hears these words. He hears these words from her, uh, Joseph. You might want to sit down for this. But here's what happened. God spoke to me by one of his angels, and he has chosen me to be the mother of his son, of the Messiah. And I know that I'm a virgin, but I have conceived, and I'm sure that the conversation was not necessarily a pleasant one from that moment forward. But he was thinking of these things when he heard those words of the one that he loved, the one that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with, the one that he said, yeah, that is her. That's the one that I love. Either she's a a liar She's crazy. But he's a just man. 
He's a righteous man. He knew God's word. He knew God's law and he acted upon it. I'm sure that Joseph knew Deuteronomy chapter 22 and his first instinct was we're going to play this one out. And Deuteronomy chapter 22 is if there's one who has been found to be in adultery, not that in the act per se, but in adultery, then you would take them and you'd stone them publicly. And I'm sure that crossed his mind. Because he's a just man. But then that second description, unwilling to put her to shame. Being a just man, he knew the law and Deuteronomy chapter 22 is there, but also Deuteronomy chapter 24 states that you can privately put one away and still be just in doing it. And this is somebody he loved. And so he chose to put her away privately. These decisions, they weren't easy for him. And you make hard decisions every week. I make hard decisions every week. Some of those decisions, they come up and, and you have to choose. And they're right on the spot. You have to choose them right then. I'm grateful that Joseph did not choose right then. Because he was still considering these things, if you look in verse 20, when God showed up. One of the defining aspects of this decision was, what's going to be best for Mary? You you and I live in 2014. We live in a culture that is more open than closed than ever before. We live in in a culture that is foreign to the one that Joseph and Mary found themselves in. I mean, the gossips were already starting to hiss. The the faces were already turning hard against. They, They were just waiting to pounce on Mary. And he tried his very best this decision that would be convenient for him. As convenient as it possibly could. I mean, there would be shame on him, yes. There would be questions about him, yes. There would be thoughts and innuendos coming toward him, but nowhere near what would be coming at Mary. Because she was found to be with child before she married. The decision to put her away privately, the decision to add one upon another upon another, these building blocks of who he is. My question to myself this week and my question to all of us this week, have you done that? Would you do that? Or would you say, you know what, she did me wrong, so let's pick up the stone and go at it. The decisions that you and I make, small decisions that you and I make every single day, they build up who you are. 
And there's some decisions that all of us need to change. There's some decisions that we need to look at afresh and anew. Maybe it's a decision about a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's a a decision about how we are spending our finances. Maybe it's the decision of, of words that are so easy to roll off of our tongues because they rolled off of our tongues last Monday morning at the coffee pot at work. And they rolled off last Tuesday afternoon as I was getting off work. Or they rolled off my tongue every whatever other day or every other time that I found myself in those situations. Decisions of actions that we need to take a look at again. Because when you and I make the best decisions that you can, that I can, We make them not with an immediate look, but a long, eternal look that makes those decisions. I have sat in my office over the past few months, and it has been alarming. The past few months. It's not one, it's not the past few months. I've sat in my office and somebody sitting across from me is like, Brian, I've made this decision. And I know that it's wrong, but I can't stop doing it. I know, I, I know what I want. But here's what I'm doing. And I'm doing this every afternoon. I'm doing this every night. I'm doing this every week. I'm saying these things, I'm doing these things, and I know that's not what I need to be doing, but that's exactly what I'm doing. How do I stop it? You stop it, and I stop it the same way that we see in Joseph. He made small decisions, and those small decisions built upon each other, and they made him into the man that he wanted to be, that he was, and that God used a second aspect of this decision. Not only do they add up and they make the qualities of your life and my life, but this decision is changed to one of faith. The first one that he made was one of convenience. I'm just going to put her away. I'm going to put her away quietly. I don't want to bring shame on her. I want to try to distance myself from her as possible as, as I possibly can, as much as I possibly can. And then something happened. Look in verse 20. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. The prophet was Isaiah. It was 700 plus years before this. And here is what the prophet said in verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name God with 
us. Emmanuel. And when Joseph woke from sleep, what a dream. I mean, that was, that was a dream and a half right there that night. He, when he woke up, we'll see in just a second that he did everything that the Lord said. A decision is changed to one of faith. It was one of convenience and now it has been changed to one of faith. This decision that Joseph was no, no longer was he going to put her away. No longer was he going to uh, just quietly divorce her. But he said, okay, Lord, if that happened, I believe that happened. So therefore, I'm going to take her as my wife. And that was one of faith. That was hard. You and I don't understand the gravity of or the weight of that decision. The decision was made in Joseph's mind to put her away, but he changed that decision and he chose. He chose to take her as his wife. As I stated a moment ago, this decision wouldn't be easy for Joseph. Joseph understood divorce. He understood that divorce tears up those that are involved. He understood in their culture, he would be attacked almost as much as Mary was. The dream was one that changed this course of history. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all that took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Joseph must have hung on that statement. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This just man, this man who is unwilling to bring shame on his betrothed must have been reminded, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. If you were to just Look a little further in the book of Matthew. You would find yourself in Matthew chapter 2. And in Matthew chapter 2 there are that whole incident of the wise men. Down in verse 13 there is another dream that Joseph has. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord, that's the wise men, when they had departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and he said, rise and take this child and, 
and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and he took the child and his mother by night. By night. And he departed to Egypt. If you look down in verse 23. Verse 22, excuse me. Um, when he had heard that uh, Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. That what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. Matthew records things prophesied about Joseph that he acted on. Get out of Israel. And so Joseph got out of Israel. Herod's killed. He's killing all these babies. You see that um, in verse 18. I didn't read that for us in chapter 2. And then come back to Israel. But you need to live in Nazareth. Everything that we hear of about Joseph is done by faith. And it reminded me of a passage that we've looked at. We've looked at for some time this fall. And that is Hebrews chapter 11. Let me read it for us, just the first couple of verses as it states this. Now faith is the assurance of things, things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, though Abel died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, River Bend, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. The decision that Joseph made after the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, hey, go ahead and take her as your wife. Go ahead. For what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And it's all done because of this prophet. And then after the baby was born, it's done because of this prophet. You need to do this. And he acted by faith. My question to you and my question to me is this. What are you acting on? I know that's a long way to get to it. But, but the question is this. The decisions that you make this week, why are you making them the way that you're making them? Are you making them because, well, it's an easy decision. It's a convenience decision. Or, or are you making them because, you know what, it's a faith decision. 
you know, it's been stated, and I hope that I have not been one that has stated it this way, but it has been stated, I have heard it numerous times, that the safest place for you or the safest place for me is in the center of God's will. I don't think that's the case. It's the best place for you to be. It's the best place for me to be is in the center of his will. But the safest, you and I have sent out workers into a field that's not very safe right now. Central Asia is just piping red hot with ISIS. It is piping red hot with terrorist groups that are forming to bring down governments and people and your friends and my friends are living there right now that we've sent out. It may not be the safest place. It might not have been the safest place for Joseph in this decision, but I'm telling you it's the absolute best. And my question for you and my question for me is what's determining your decisions? Is it your ease? Well, that's what I like. That's what I want. So I'm going to choose this. Next week, I'm going to choose a different mic cord. Third, decisions become obedience when action is taken. Your decision and my decision becomes obedience when you and I act upon it. Look at these last couple of verses of Matthew chapter 1. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You and I name our kids for a lot of different reasons. We, we look at articles or we look at books and we've got the top 100 names of 1994 or 2000 or 2010 or 2014. We see somebody that's famous today and we're like, man, I like their name. So I'm going to name my son or my daughter that. Not the case in first century Israel. Good or bad, it was not the case. Children back then were looked at as property. And it was the father's right to name his property. This was huge for Joseph. It wasn't just a name. It was their identity of who they were going to be, of what they were going to be. And it was flat, huge. And God said to Joseph, hey, Joseph, you're not going to get to do that. You need to understand that that boy is not yours. He's mine. 
And as his father, here is his name. You will call him Jesus. In Jewish terms, the the name Jesus is Joshua. Yahshua. God will save. That was his identity. Jesus. But also the prophet told Joseph and he told Mary and he told the angels, uh, the uh, shepherds, and and he told everyone who would listen that his name would be God with us. Because this one, this son, this gift was given so that you might be saved. And the only way that that would happen is that God would come and live. And he did. He came and he lived. He came and he died, not because of anything that he did, but because of everything that you and I have done or ever will do. Joseph hears these words. And he makes a decision, and his decision is acted upon with feet of faith and says, okay, Lord, that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. And every time that he called that boy's name, Jesus, Jesus, come over here and get that piece of wood. Jesus, come over here and help me with this. It was a reminder of whose he was and what he was sent here to do, to save him and to save you. Decisions turn into obedience when you and I take action on them. Heavenly Father, I come and I pray. Father, we have heard these verses. Father, we have uh, heard these stories. And they are so familiar. Father, I pray that we would get past the familiarity of them to a degree that we would allow your word to wow us afresh and anew. God, we need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. My Savior, my Lord, Father, my King. So I pray that you would draw me Father, you would draw us closer and closer to you this morning. And Father, would you remind us of those decisions that are right in front of us, that God, as a man, we we must make this decision as a woman today. I've got to make this decision. Father, some of us are literally at a crossroads Father, would you speak into our hearts, draw us to you, that we might make a decision and then we might act upon it in faith, trusting you and you alone. So as we come to this time of of invitation, a time of response, Father, would we respond to you, not to anybody else, 
Father, allow me to tune everybody else out and just focus on you. And would you speak to me? Would you speak to us as we respond? I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Would you please stand and sing and obey? <laughs>